Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. I'm excited to send another episode with the wonderful Nancy Intonucci away. She was also on episode number 56, way back in the before times, and it was really great to catch up with her to see what she learned, how she's been navigating these past few years, what she's been up to creatively. She's written a book, which I really love, and yeah, I think she has just so much to share when it comes to ritual for uncertainty and creative expansion and and self-knowing and joy and all these great things that we really need more of. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. A small update from me, last Sunday I offered the first Queer Spirit session and it was really beautiful. If you haven't heard, I'm offering them every first Sunday of the month. Um, it's a 45-minute session in which we come together to practice or pray or meditate or create in our own way to be close to the divine together. And I'm offering these because I think queers need spiritual care too or space to explore these questions and practice together. And I know that some of us can't find those spaces within religion and some of us have a faith tradition but don't feel that they can practice with other queers. So yeah, I wanted to kind of bring these things together and open that space. And I was quite nervous about it because I know it's complicated, right? Some of us bring religious trauma to this experience. Some of us have, well, I think most of us have more questions than answers, I guess. And we haven't really done this before in this way. So I was really grateful for everyone who showed up. I think there were about nine of us and we... Um, opened up, I offered like a small grounding and a prayer that I'd written that day and then we practiced together quietly, everyone in their own way. I was dancing, some people were um, drawing and tidying their altar spaces, um, I think some people were um, writing, some people were praying or meditating or just looking at the sky. So really um, all these different you know, ways to connect and touch base are welcome. And then we spend a bit of time um, sharing how it's been, what came up and where we're at with these things at the moment. And that was really beautiful too, but the sharing and the being on video is really optional. So you can absolutely also just come and see how it feels and do what you feel like doing and just kind of lean back and, and listen in. So yeah, please know that if you're feeling a bit nervous, that is definitely welcome and there's no pressure to share. I'll link to that in the show notes and now I'll let you enjoy the episode. Uh, we recorded that in 2019, so that was the before times and I really love catching up with people at this point in time, seeing where they've been, what they experienced, what they learned and I just have such admiration for Nancy's work. I've mentored with her, I think that was 2018 probably at the end of that year. Um, in tarot. Um, she's written two books. The first one I really fell in love with many years ago, maybe 2017. And that's probably what I then the next year decided to work with you. Um, and this new one is focused more on ritual, which I'm really excited to talk about. As you know, this is something I'm very excited for. So Nancy, thank you so much for making time again to speak to us. And so good to see you again. Yeah, you too, beaming. <laughs> we're on zoom so we can actually see each other smiling and it's wonderful <laughs> so maybe tell us a little bit more about what you do where are you in the world what's nature like around you how's your day-to-day -day life sure i am in a it's called the midway of saint paul and minneapolis but it is firmly in saint paul but you can see both city landscapes you can see downtown from both my place it's, uh, you know, during the George Floyd riots, there a lot of the, the neighborhoods were, you know, on fire or, or ransacked. And this was one of the neighborhoods. Um, and it, it was, we pulled together. It was really a, a dramatic moment that I feel really, it really, uh, baptized us in a way. I, I really feel like neighbors really pulled together. We were looking for, I know I don't mean to get too heavy right at the beginning, but my neighborhood is, is, has 
become really essential, I think, in one of the first places where conflict with white supremacy is happening because a lot of supremacists from the suburbs came in. And uh, so we pulled together, it was beautiful. But the nature, it's where I'm near the Mississippi River. I'm a half hour from huge, beautiful parks. Uh, I'm not a Minnesota native. I, I've, only, I've been here for about 35, 40 years. You think I would be a native, but I'm, I'm still firmly from the Appalachian Mountains in Pennsylvania. So I still see myself, I still see that land as my home. That's beautiful. Thank you. I always like to have ground conversations in time and space. So I also want to say for the future, this being an archive that people revisit over time, which I love to think about, that we're recording this in July 2022. And I think, yeah, you know, like you said, that it's just a particular moment in time, let's say that. And so it's nice to, a few years down the line, listen back to this and know how this conversation came to be. So, I mean, this is a big question and I know you, you can take this in any direction that you like, but how would you describe your work at the moment? Um, I know it's changed over time as well, but what is important in your work in this moment? In this moment, I think what I'm allowing myself is to be uh, an energy reader that prefers tarot. So it's kind of a different, and that came from writing tarot rituals. I realized, you know, I, I, I'm an energy reader. I actually read energy. So I've, I've started playing and exploring platonic crystals and uh, uh, working with hands-on, just, just allowing myself to explore and, and not put everything under a tarot umbrella. And it's been amazing because it opened up my tarot is what it did. It just like blew open tarot a little bit in that I feel like I do far more grounding exercises and magic, you know, kind of magic with my client now instead of just, you know, giving them information. Not that I, I don't feel like that was ever my work was just to recite information, but now I've given myself permission to just go as weird as I want. And, uh, there seems to be no end to that, Yarrow. <laughs> I have not found the end of that tunnel yet. <laughs> that makes me so happy, Nancy. I have not found the end of that tunnel either. And I love how much permission you give other people to really dive into that weirdness tunnel. I remember you talking about the weird sisters in some of our readings that we did together. And that was really great for me to hear. I've been thinking about that over the years. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And COVID, you know, the pandemic really, uh, I think it changed my work pretty, pretty drastically. I, all of my, my I have a son and uh, all of my family life, I've always had an in-home office, always. And when the pandemic hit, First of all, I think all the work disappeared completely because people were scared and holding on to any dispensable cash, which made a lot of sense to me. I mean, I was holding on to mine, you know? So I just thought as time went on though, and different people started coming to me for readings through Zoom or phone, the, the feeling of owning my own home again without having a working space in it was amazing. I just, I'm never going to have a home office again. I mean, I, I do Zoom, I'll work from my home, but I'm not opening it uh, to clients because it really ushered in this really beautiful, uh, different energy that was uh, very private. And I, and I love that. I still have an office over in Minneapolis, so I still see people in person there if they really want to see me in person, but otherwise everything is now, uh, I'm, I'm going to actually keep it remote. Also, I found out during COVID that, you know, those first few months when people weren't coming for readings and everything, I really fell into a deep funk with myself and I realized wow, I have really assigned a lot of self-worth to making money. And uh, 
I, I had to turn that around. It was just like, that is, that we did not come here. <laughs> we didn't come here to make enough money to be safe to then die. You know, like we did, we, we do, there's certain things we need to do in the three-dimensional world, but to tie all of that into a self-worth, it, it was dangerously close to workaholism. So I, I, I really had to switch gears and also look at how, in some ways, how my family upbringing kind of set me up to also put certain walls up against intimacy. So I, I just knocked a lot of those walls down. It was hard work, but it was also, I'll tell you, I just, I really loved how slow everything was. I was really praying that the rhythm would stay that slow, even though I knew in the back of my head, we will totally jump right back into a rat race, most of us, you know, but boy, I just loved that pacing and being able to talk to people on the phone without having a 15 minute timeline, you know, things like that. It was beautiful. But on a cosmic level, I felt like, wow, the timeline's all blurred. Like, I don't even call them past lives anymore. They're parallel lives. And I feel like they're, they're just going in and out and in and out and in and out for a lot of us. So I, on a spiritual, <clears throat> in a spiritual way, this is actually one of the most exciting times to be a human, you know, because we're witnessing things that no other human has, I mean, the whole world broke, the world broke in two. It was, <laughs> I still can't, it's like people, people don't, it, it, they can't register it. So I think that's another reason why Tarot Rituals was written over two years. Um, keeping that in mind is how do you stay, what, how do you stay real? How can you see what you're really seeing? How can you engage with the world but not lose yourself? You know, and to me, the rituals were really coming out of this I mean, I had started the book before COVID and then for the first four months, there was no way I could write that book at all. It was like, no, I had to really step back and work on my stuff, you know, but then when I got back on the horse, you know, I had a, a different way of looking at everything. Gosh, Nancy, all of this is such beautiful, deep shit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking to my soul. <laughs> and I was, as I was listening to you, I felt this almost like, God, this feels weird to say, but nostalgia for 2020, because you're right, it was incredibly slow. And there was a real sense of hope in that. And in amongst the grief and the loss and the hardship and loneliness of that time, I was really, yeah, like, I think there was just a lot of vision, vision in that time as well, right? Like, because so much changed so dramatically that it felt like things that previously had felt too far out suddenly felt closer to within reach right and I am really heartbroken that we have picked up the red race again and that things feel so fast-paced yeah. and I think for me this time is almost harder than 2020 because I feel it is really a lot to be to truly be with the experience of what has been and what is to count all these losses to do the work of grief to do like you said the work of keeping the intimacy and you know not rebuilding these walls around ourselves um and also finding a new balance and a new rhythm while also navigating the vastly different experiences and approaches that we have right now to managing risks and be, you know care for each other um, I think that's just a lot to do on a day-to-day -day level. And I still feel myself just lying down a lot, you know, just lying down a lot. And absolutely, a different I, you know, what I was really taken by was I kept getting, um, so I'm 64. So I was, you know, uh, really young in the sixties. I would, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't really relate to baby boomers because I was like a baby. You know, so it's like, okay, does that count if I was actually, you know, playing Barbies while you guys were going to Vietnam? I mean, th there's a, a huge gulf of difference there. But for some reason, when I, I would always take a long afternoon walk, because it was like, I have to get sun. I just, 
I cannot stay in the house. I need to take a long walk. And there would never be cars on the streets or anything. It was like a beautiful ghost town for me, but I felt earth. It was like nobody was fracking her. No one was flying in her. Nobody was doing anything to her. And I could feel earth felt like it felt like to me in 1966. I haven't felt it was like, wow, that's not just me that's feeling that. That's that's like I felt like Mother Nature just was able to take one big uh, breath again. And we were seeing all kinds of beautiful things starting to happen with her. It, it, it was powerful. It was like, wow, I would just tell people, just God, just take your shoes off and go stand out in your backyard. That's all you have to do now. It's just like, let, you know, just feel her, just be connected with her again. That was the part of the rat race that disappoints me. It, it, saddens me the most is we couldn't we weren't going to continue what we knew what was really good for her you know and I'm not saying we should never get in airplanes or anything ever again although it would be nice if there were ways that you could I do have a couple friends that have sworn off airplanes now they they're not going to ever get on a plane again you know, just for the pollution part of that. And I'm, I'm like, wow, okay, that's now that's a commitment that goes beyond composting. You know, it's like, shit, you know, how do we keep, how do we stay powerful with her and stay healthy? And all of those deaths just and denial, deaths and denial together in America, anyhow, was, it was, you know, okay, no, talk about deep. All right. I never understood that whole method, the whole concept of the rapture. You know, like that was weird. Like half of the people are going to be bought up to heaven and the other half are going to stay here on earth. And I'm like, oh my God, no, this is the rapture. Half of us see what's going on and the other half, I, they don't see what's going on. It's, I don't think they're just pretending. I said, some of them, really honest to God, even if we showed them the facts right in their face, can't see it. So I can't help but think, what did we as a collective, you know, if everything's in divine pacing and you and I both know it is, why in the world as a collective <laughs> did we elect this exercise? <laughs> you know, it's like, what? what is this? Why did we do this? Do we have to do this? I mean, right. can, <laughs> can we quit? <laughs> yeah, those are such good questions. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't have a religious upbringing. I never really was taught what the idea of the rupture even is, but it makes sense to me as you describe it. Yeah. And I also remember these moments in spring 2020. I, I met a friend at the beach. I was living in another small town at the time. And so we were sitting at the beach kind of a few meters apart and we looked at the sky together and there were no planes. And it was really the first time in my lifetime, in this lifetime, I should say, that I have yeah. seen the sky without planes. It was such a beautiful, magical moment. And I also made a commitment then to not fly anymore which I'm now actually going to do because I had an accident since I used to travel overland back to Germany and I physically can't do that anymore. So I'm now taking a plane in two weeks to go see my family for the first time in many years and wow. feel very conflicted about it, you know, for reasons that you describe, but also because right. I think it is an odd way to travel spiritually and emotionally to get on a plane and to really literally leave the earth, you know, for a little while and then to touch back down and be in a totally different place. I think it does something to a psyche that's quite actually quite difficult in a way. Oh, I, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to, so I'm Pennsylvania native. So what I would do, especially when my son was little, I'd always bring him back to Pennsylvania and we would switch off from trains to planes. And whenever I took a train, I was so much more grounded when I was there. I didn't have to catch up. It was like, you almost have to catch up on your, your psyches go through this weird thing with the plane. 
But with a train, I was able to process the entire journey. So I was like, oh, okay, that's, I, that's weird. That is, you know, it's, what's interesting with the books, this book, if you don't mind me jumping in, the, the, the first book was actually pre-internet. <laughs> it was like 2011 is when it came out. So a lot of us weren't even on there. I don't, I don't think there was even Facebook then. I don't know. I, I was a latecomer to the internet anyhow. So, but it was a very different, the book launched, it was, a, it had a different reception. The way that it, it got out in the world was very different. Um, it's in its like ninth printing. So she, she's just a little fire that doesn't go out. <laughs> the way I see her, just a little, somehow some, someone just wants to learn tarot in an intuitive way, you know, instead of memorizing meanings. And it's like, okay, that she finds her way to them. Tarot rituals, though, is, you know, it came out in January, and, and I, uh, it was like, oh, my God, I just, you know, I have to really figure out how I'm going to market this in a way that feels good to me, you know, like, I, if I'm going to do this, I got to have fun with it. That's my bottom line, you know, if I don't have fun with it, it's not going to be my best work. So I created a character named Aurora Dorealis. And she is a 1960s tarot high priestess that was assumed up to heaven after drinking a certain thing at a party. And uh, Aphrodite, and Aphrodite, Aphrodite loves her because she's the go-go girl. She, she could go-go dance. So it's like, oh, an added plus. So she sent Aurora Dorealis back to this planet to kind of help really to help the baby witches really in a lot of ways but she's she's been so much fun this persona of mine it just because she's she's not modern she's not I think it's from those 60s I felt in COVID I swear to God maybe Aurora was conceived then and I didn't even know it you know but she's very loving and it's about your beauty and it's about being empowered but it's also about doing the work you know like really really, we got to do the work, you know, and whatever that is for you. For me, meditating every day is work. I, that never, that is just never going to come naturally. I will always have to say, Nancy, you got to sit down and do this. You know, I don't floss naturally either. I make myself, <laughs> I make myself, I don't want to, but it's like, no, you need, and meditation to me is spiritual hygiene. It's just as important as flossing. You know, it doesn't have to happen every day, but boy, a few days go by and I can already feel the difference in hope, in core, my core, my connection to spirit, because I get way more connected with ego. You know, it's crazy. And this book is really different that in that, first of all, I didn't realize people would be so, I don't know if this happened with your beautiful book, the rituals book, but people were really, you know, rituals is kind of a traumatic, it's a traumatic term. It really, I had, honestly, I know everyone hates the Hierophant, you know, for that very reason, you know, it's like, God, I hate that guy, but it's kind of like, and I grew up in a Catholic system, you know, and was mightily oppressed by it as well. So, I mean, it was my, that's the way I am the reader I am from the two nuns that persecuted me. Yet I know what it's like to have a god or goddess ripped away from you. And so in my mind, it's like, oh, no, that needs to be open for however that person defines it. That will never, ever be one thing, she says, in a country that's going quick into Christian, you know, autocracy. Wait, no, what is that? That autocrats or something i don't know supreme dicks <laughs> that's really 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 what i want that's what i really want to say uh, <laughs> so to me ritual i've had to actually really define ritual which i was like oh okay you know ritual to me is not step one step two step three 
say your thing, then then close everything up. Although that actually is a sequence that I love, you know, but it's not a necessity. To me, ritual is a dialogue with the sacred. So people picking flowers just to make, you know, in their backyard to bring it into the house. What that's an incredible ritual, you know. I think actually what makes a difference between a ritual and just a gesture or a habit or a movement is intention. Just that's to me is the, that's the difference. You know, if you have the intention of, I'm gonna bring these flowers into my house and this will bring a, a, a loving peace, you know, to this, my downstairs, you know, that's an intention. I also, with the book, I feel, unlike the first book, this one is way more, these are a lot of these things I did myself. So I didn't actually, I didn't teach a lot of these things. And even when it came to the 22 acts of magic, which I I use all the major arcana as portals, even that I, I, I just pretended like I was just gonna do it myself. And if I do it myself, I'm gonna channel. So like, I just channeled a lot of those journeys. I didn't actually really teach them. That's what I would have done at that time, you know? So it's very exposing is the best way I could describe it. I feel a little naked with this book. I feel just a little naked with it. And also it's, it's kind of dense. It's kind of like a cookbook. So I tell people, listen, you know, in cookbooks, they always give, oh, it's New Year's. These are some recipes you could use for that. I'm thinking, just use it like a cookbook. <laughs> no one reads a cookbook from beginning to end, you know? So just like go to the chapter that actually, you know, that you're interested in and just play with those exercises. I don't, I don't feel like you have to read it from beginning to end at all. It's, I, it, I think it's, could just serve as a really good resource book. I totally agree. And I think you look amazing naked, Nancy. <laughs> oh, thank you. God, I haven't heard that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I totally relate though. I think there's something really beautiful and like just showing a little bit more of ourselves. And I can really see that in the pages of the book. I think there's such clarity and also such an expansive sense of what spirituality and ritual can be so that people really can, you know, dip in, as you say, and make that their own, but feel deeply nourished and inspired in their practice with all these ideas that you bring. And I have one follow-up question before I have all kinds of other questions. <laughs> but I wonder, like, what do you do at the moment day to day to keep yourself in a state where you can channel, like what feels important for you to, to be able to, to, to be clear, yeah. Wow, the, you know what? The first thing that came to my mind was sleep. Like today is my day off. So last night I just stayed up late, watched Netflix, Umbrella Academy, and, and just, you know, just, uh, I didn't have to sleep. You know, but yesterday I had four clients. So Monday night, I got to bed by 10. <laughs> you know, so it's sleeping. Sleeping just brings my whole nervous system into place. I do this new invocation that's really been helping me tremendously. Like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm allowing more energetic things to happen. So I will now with my client, literally get them to, and it's in the book too, just to get into the room, just you're in the room, what do you hear, the temperature, this, I really want my client to be in their body in that moment, not thinking about the future, not thinking about the past, just really here, because the future and the past is right here, so the more present you can be, the more future and past there can be, I know it's counterintuitive, but sacred time, you know, um, and then I ask for their divine allies and their beloved ancestors to create a sacred circle around us so that I can give them effective insights from love and for love. So I've just started saying that and now it's, it's, getting, it, it's growing with each client. Every time I say it, I can, I can actually feel them. I can feel someone come to the circle. Sometimes I feel like a whole group, it's like, 
wow, who are they calling in? You know, and then other times it's just one one little monk <laughs> bedraggled from the desert. Here, I'll come, I'll speak, I'll speak. So it's like, ah. Oh. And then at the end of the reading, so that grounds me more than anything, is just inviting that. You, again, the intention. The intention is, I'm a channel. Please use me in love. Let this person use all of this information in love. You know, and anything can happen in the, those parameters if you ask me. But then afterwards, I ask that they create a spiral around the client and then to attract the beautiful things that actually came from the reading. So just, you know, what they were hoping for or praying for and just like, can that just come to you with ease and grace? Do you have to manifest? Can you just receive? So that's a big, that and walking, uh, walking always, lately I've been working really hard and walking really hard, you know? So after, you know, it, it, it does ground me, it really just, nothing grounds me quite as much as a walk through the woods, but if I can't get there, then just a walk in my neighborhood is gonna do it. Yeah, I feel the same about the woods. Um, you shared so generously about what you learned from the pandemic and how it changed your work. And I wonder if you maybe also have something to say about what you let go of in that time. I've been thinking lately about, you know, we like a lot of things were stripped away. And so now is I think a time where we kind of very intentionally think about what do we really want to bring back in or what are we letting go of permanently? Whew, that one is a, I really, you know, I don't know if I ever thought that I was on kind of that paved road of success, you know, like, but I can say to you after COVID, I actually did let go of whatever illusion I had about that and realized that I, I don't, I don't need the applause of my colleagues. I don't need a certain amount of money. I don't need uh, to get to a certain level where for some reason I'm perceiving that as greater freedom, but it's a very steep staircase. You know, it's like that, it, it, it's capitalistic. I love your work. Your newsletters always fill me because it's like, oh God, I need to start paying more attention to what capitalism does to us. I have to pay more attention to that because it just keeps skirting my consciousness. But I think COVID put it right under a microscope. <laughs> you know, it's like there, oh boy, oh my God. I need to, you know, I have to redefine success. Also just, I let go of my home office, which was huge. And, and just to be able to have my house and not have to clean the bathroom or, you know, it's just like I could follow my own schedule now, you know, and, and my, my whole family's dynamics changed because of that. It was just, now we only have, and I love my clients. I mean, I feel like some of my clients are my friends, you know, and I'm sad that some of them can't come back in, but it's still, on the other hand, it's just so powerful that I just, I can't go back. I won't go back. Yeah, I hear that. I think this time has totally changed our relationship to home, right? And I feel, yeah, God, it's like, it's totally different. You're right. Yeah. Feels a lot just having a postman come to the door sometimes. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. I did. And I would tell people, oh, and I wrote letters and I kind of let that go. And I wish I could, but see the rhythm's caught up again. So yeah. it's it's like, I, I, I feel not guilty about writing a letter, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't have the same, I, I would enjoy write. I, I had a mm -hmm. lot of pen pals during that time. You know, I was looking out for my friends that, I know are single, were on their own throughout that and did not have an animal. 
So if that if they fit, it was like I would write letters to them, mm-hmm. or I would call them a little bit more, or mm-hmm. you know, because that I can't, I can't even imagine getting through COVID without without others or without at least one pet. Yeah. At I'm least really happy to hear that. I think that's that's definitely been like a, a, a point of reflection or tension for me living alone through lockdowns has been really hard and, and different in some ways. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, I think there's there's different kinds of difficulty. I'm sure it's really hard to be a single parent as well or to have small children. Oh, oh God. Yeah, I was yeah. so glad I didn't have a toddler. Oh. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> 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 and I felt it I felt for the mothers because yeah. a lot of women again yeah just sacrificed their jobs to yeah. take care of the kids yeah and, absolutely yeah oh. yeah but but you're right I think it was particularly lonely to live alone through it and I think that's something I want to talk about a little bit more because I think it takes a particular kind of healing you know it is a trauma to live alone and to be cut off in this way we were not allowed having a bubble in the beginning of the pandemic so mm-hmm. I went months without being touched by anyone at some point yeah. and that's that's not what that's not what human life should be like right, right. it really kind of pulled me very deep into myself I think in some ways and that wasn't all bad there was definitely also you know beautiful stuff in that but it just is a different experience for me right now to re-engage with the world in person and I need quite a bit of patience from the people that want to meet me you know and so oh, you know and what I noticed is we have really I don't know if we ever were that great with nuances when it came to reading other people's cues but oh oh we have lost we have lost our cues to read each other. I mean, people were bumping into me, you know, just walking. And I just went, they can't, we're not, we're not used to reading each other's bodies. And also I've noticed that people don't maintain eye contact very much anymore. And it's not weird. Cause that's the only thing we saw for years is just, you know, is eyes, which was really difficult. Because, you know, you read everybody's everything, you know, and I could see where people were frustrated because they couldn't hear. And I'm thinking, you know what it is? It's not that you can't hear what that person is saying. You can't see their mouth doing it. And so much of what we do is nonverbal. Like we really read like that. So I'm trying to just be way more gracious with any sales clerks and stuff you know just trying because I've noticed people are are kind of harsh like just do this for me just do that you know and it's like wow I what that sucks and also just the drivers and I I'm not one to complain about weather and drivers to me it's like listen guys it's always sucked you know what I don't know I don't know why anyone thought that would work out but it, you know it's worse now. It is, Yarrow. It is. It's worse. People just like Zoom. They just are in their own little worlds. And I think they've gotten pretty myopic. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I want to circle back one more time to rituals and your book, because I think you have such a beautiful way of bringing people into ritual. And I appreciate what you shared earlier about your background and your own experience with religion and how you kind of reclaimed rituals for yourself I guess against this process of well I don't know what you would call it you know rejection or untangling or letting go redefining reimagining all those yeah. kind of things so you clearly bring such a wealth of experience when it comes to um you know, finding what works for you and creating a lot of depth and consistency in that. And I think that is where the magic is, right? Sometimes people think they can buy this book and do this one thing, and then their whole life is suddenly going to be enchanted. But I think the work of magic is sometimes gritty and like, it can be boring sometimes just to show endlessly and over and over again. So I wonder what you wish more people would know about ritual and why it's so important at this time. I, 
there's something about going it again and this is something I bring at the beginning of the book. Do you believe that we're spirits having a human experience? And if you don't, what do you believe? So you really need to know just where are you? Is just wisdom, the collective wisdom? I don't really care what happens after I die. Totally cool. No, it's a goddess. It's one, someone with an entity with a name. Cool. Whatever that source is, I just call it the creative unknown. I, if you don't know what that is, then call it the creative unknown because you can't go wrong with that. You know, again, if in love. When you feel the support of that, when you, in your day-to-day -day life, that you actually feel connected, not fully, even just a little bit, loved, knowing that you are love, you know, there, that support is unreal. There, it is, I, you know, when I was younger, I used to hate when people would say, you know, uh, uh, well, you have, you, you have to love yourself. First, you have to love yourself and then you can love everyone else. And I'm just like, self, do you mean selves? <laughs> what does that mean? Love yourself. What? You know, but the self, I think, is the big S. So the rituals kind of get you in touch with your spirit, the spirit. And that support, it just, it helps. It helps. You're not as, you're not going to be as afraid or you're not going to, or you're going to look at your fears and kind of go, wow, no, honey, we're, we're not going that way this today. <laughs> we're not getting in that car. <laughs> Or, or you totally mess up and then you're very loving and compassionate with yourself. You know, it's that self-love to me is almost acceptance. I mean, that, well, that comes down to the star card for me. You know what I love about the star card? She's not a goddess. She's not, she's a human. And she's almost always naked. And she's always taking a position that I don't know any woman in their right mind would. <laughs> You know, that really couldn't you cross that leg in front? You know, it's like, that's pretty damn open, you know? Um, but that is that to me, that is that when you do ritual on a regular basis, even the kind of wash the dishes kind of rituals, you know, just maintenance, taking care of things, being grateful, being in the moment as much as possible. Um, that star card is what happens is you you are very aware that not only are we stars here we will we will go back to stardust you know that we can you you, you feel connected to all the realms um, if nothing else honestly yarrow for me cuz i'm a blaring aries you know if nothing else it just helps me be patient. That's what rituals give me. It's just because the gods and goddesses that I talk to are so patient with me. <laughs> you can't help but just kind of pass that on. It's just like, okay, uh, I just I just have to go with the, go with the flow. I can't let fear. I really just can't let fear dominate my choices. I feel so peaceful hearing you say these things. I think they just are landing on very fertile soil on my soul today. <laughs> and it also makes me think what you said earlier about um, receiving that support, how our resistance to receiving that kind of sense of being guided and supported and loved with, with scarcity in the sense of, you know, there's not enough for everyone. Like, how could I possibly receive this kind of guidance and love? And um, and maybe also discomfort with being loved well, because it's not something that all of us have experienced growing up. So I think in, right. in my experience at the moment, kind of mid thirties, I'm really learning to be loved well. And it's uncomfortable sometimes, right? Totally. Oh, receiving is, the, I think that's the hardest thing in the world. Receiving? What? 
Here, let me just give. I'll just give and then I'll just take just the th thing that I think I need instead of like, no. Uh, that softness, that vulnerability is really our strength. That is what helps us flow. Uh, like ever since I've and ever since the book came out, I've been going through a series of deaths, helping many loved beings in my life pass over. And I'm telling you, Yaro, it's I. I'm not sure why that's happening in the sequence kind of way, but yet there's another part of me that is finding this high priestess within me who is not an emotional wreck. Just not. In fact, she's not emotional anything. She's <laughs> She just reads energy and senses. Oh, should I do the last rites now? Okay, I'm just going to get my own oil and do it. You know, I'm just going to play priest because that's all I did in growing up is I would be the one that was playing priest. I loved all that. Ritz crackers were my hosts and, you know, bringing kids into the confessional and listening to their sins. I loved, it was like, I couldn't understand why girls weren't priests. I didn't understand that at all. You know, but now know. that, now that I'm helping all these, my beautiful people pass over, it's like, I can see that really, I mean, they say that all the time, boy, death is just like the birth process. And it's like, no, seriously, it is. It is very much so. Your spirit is going to be birthed into, back into the source. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the witnessing of that in itself is such an initiation, isn't it? Like you said. Totally. Yeah, because people ask me how I'm doing because they know, you know, my friends know exactly how hard this is going to be. I'm going to lose both parents pretty soon. And, and I have to always answer in two, like my high priestess is cool. She's staying on top of things. And Nancy, she just cries and crawls into a fetal position every once in a while, which she needs, yeah. you know? So it's like, but the, I always thought the two should be completely merged. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to become the high priestess. And I'm like, oh, I'm really finding out. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. You don't have to merge at all. Yeah, these different parts of us can come up when they when they need to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that dance is a really cool thing to learn. Mm -hmm. Nancy, I I can't believe how time is flying by as I talk. Yeah, to you. it's wild. Oh my god, we love... went everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally talk to you. Love to talk to you again. I have this feeling that by autumn there'll be a lot more to say, you know? So if you want to come back, I would love that. I would love that. Yaro, <laughs> I would love that. And I love the work that you're putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. And your ritual book was so, I didn't want to read it before I wrote mine. It was like, no, I don't want to, like, because I, I just sponge good ideas, you know? And it's like, don't, you know? So I had to wait until afterwards. And it's just, it's lovely. It's Thank so you. lovely. Thank you. That's really kind And of powerful. Thank you. <laughs> before we go I think um a last thing or two last things I want to ask you firstly is there anything that maybe I haven't asked you that you really want to speak to maybe there is um a way that you read for yourself that you really want to share and I I realize this can go in so many different directions so you just pick what you want to speak to and okay. finally I would love to hear how people can work with you and in addition to your book what you're currently offering okay uh, my favorite thing to do for myself and reading for myself is that every Sunday I go to a, a dance studio early in the morning. And at my birthday, I use the dark goddess tarot to, and I do a very formal ritual on my birthday or near my birthday to find out which goddess is in what element you know, and who's, and then the year card, who, who am I just learning about? So this year I'm, I'm in hanged man. So I, I'm just learning how to let go of certain, a lot of surrender these days. But what I do after my birthday, then every Sunday, I honor those goddesses and I go there and then I use my deck and just have them. Sometimes they bless me. Sometimes they need to kind of we have to have a little come to Jesus talk about something, you know, other times it's it just, you know, 
open-ended what do they need to say and I always just go to each direction and and just meditate and see her in front of me and then I just pull one card and and that message I do card of the day every morning I always do my card of the day you know just what energy do I need to be cognizant about today but that Sunday ritual Oh, sometimes I'll cry. Sometimes I dance. Sometimes I scream. It's like, it's, it's, it's a way for me to really just be a daughter of goddess in any way, shape or form she wants me to be. And it, it takes all kinds of, it's, it's transforming for me. So that's, that's my favorite way to read for myself. It's just, to let them speak to me and my cards are the telephone, really. Um, what, I'm, what I'd love for people to know is that I am going to be putting together a study, a course, online course, which by the way, Yara, you and I have to talk because I'm, I'm hitting some road posts with it and I, because I'm getting good ideas. So some good ideas are starting to collide with each other. So I need, I need to talk to you and keep this car going forward. Uh, but I am going to offer a study with me. I would love to get it up this fall, but with all of the deaths that are happening right now, I'm kind of thinking that might maybe start in January, start the new year with, um, many courses that people could take just to learn something or even a year long and a year long study with me uh, in terms of you developing your own, your own uh, tarot rituals or rituals that will feed you, whether they're tarot or not, to be honest with you, you know, they could just be energetic. So, and the best way to do that is just to get on my newsletter. So, because I'll keep updating people, you know, and you can go to my website at um, betweenworlds.us and sign up for the newsletter. I think that's the best way to, to keep in touch. Yeah, your newsletter is beautiful too. And we'll link to that in the show notes. I'm super excited for that year long program and the smaller classes and I'm super happy to talk to you about oh good you good, know good. whatever comes up <laughs> well I just saw your your lovely creative portals for the mm -hmm. summer and I just went oh that is so organic I just <laughs> that doesn't feel hard you know what I mean like it's really important that things don't feel hard right now yeah absolutely they're the same yeah with no why why hard <laughs> that's really <laughs> I know <laughs> we still have to do the work but the work can do the work can be done with ease and grace yeah yeah I agree Nancy thank you so much it was really really beautiful to talk to you again I can't wait to talk to you for a third time hopefully and see what you've been moving and shaking you've been really generous and inspiring and I'm excited for people to read your book and yeah, they, they can find the links in the show notes and check. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I would just put a little thing out. If people yeah. could just write a little review for me on whatever yeah. website or bookstore or yeah. place they like, that mm -hmm. would just be lovely because, yeah. yeah, the more people can see what others are saying, yeah. I think that they have a better idea. That's true. It's a really beautiful and easy way to it to support authors. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Oh.